Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast. I'm your host, Chet, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tyler, Jacob, and Wade. How y'all doing today? Mm, oh, we've be been better. We've been better. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> A little bit of a lost hangover, I guess, if you will. Yep. Yeah, for anybody that – I know Jacob's on his high horse with Penn State, take it down for due, but for anybody that follows LSU football, you know the three of us are – it was a little harder to wake up this morning after watching that uh, roller coaster of a game. Might have to go get my blood pressure checked after, you know, they're, they're going to cause me like heart disease or something. But we'll, we'll jump into the, uh, into the, to the LSU game later on to the show. But we wanted to let everybody know that the show is brought to you by Old City Sports Network. And we have a new sponsor wearing the shirt right now, Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company here in Houston, Texas. I got a uh, – Cool little can, if everybody can see it. It's the light. Hey, lighten up. up. We need yeah. to lighten up as fans, you know? Exactly. It's a crisp, <laughs> crisp brew that you can enjoy with your uh, with your college football Saturday. And maybe it'll help you, like Wade said, lighten up when you're watching the game. But they've got a variety of flavors, and uh, we're happy to, to work with them. Sometime uh, maybe in October when we have a big game going on, we'll be doing a live show from the brewery. We can get a uh, – get all the guys back and maybe like Tyler said, when the, when the uh, world series are happening, maybe we can do a little preview for that and uh, get a live show over there at the brewery. And uh, we're actually working with them to get, do a giveaway. So you can win one of these shirts. All you have to do is go over to our podcast page on Apple podcasts and leave a review. Let us know what you think. And uh, in a few weeks I'll go through and I'll pick a random uh, review and uh, I'll send them a shirt. But I did want to, start reading some reviews that we've gotten on the podcast since we appreciate them all. Uh, this review is from Severio with seven O's. So interesting username. Uh, it's titled great show with five-star review. And it's a shout out to NASCAR. Neil it says NASCAR. Neil might just be my hero. So Neil, if you're watching, you have some fans out there. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and kick it off with uh, Wade's got a big volleyball match tonight. So what are, okay. how are we feeling tonight? How's the se- the team looking? How's the season going? Yeah, it's been a while since we talked volleyball, you know, on the beach. And um, so I had a lot of hype going into the season. Hasn't quite come to fruition yet. We are 0-3. Haven't even won a set yet. So that's the goal tonight is to win a set. You have to win two out of three sets to win the match. I keep calling them games, but that's because I'm a noob. Um, But, you know, hopefully we can get a set win. We're playing another team that is winless. Um they have a few more points than us in the standings, but I think, you know, we could give them a scare today. Uh, we lost to a bunch of 60-year-olds last week. Um, oh, that's rough. But they did not miss a ball all day, and you had to volley it like eight times on them to finally get a point. And they have the best point differential in the league, so we definitely slept on the the seniors, uh, if you will. But it's a good time. It's fun. It's uh Sure, it doesn't feel like you're in Baton Rouge. It feels like you're on a beach in Tampa playing volleyball. Um, so it's a good little weekly escape from the work week. And I got a, a fun bar, tiki bar. So that's always a good thing. And um, yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll get in the wind column tonight. 
Where's where's the uh, where are the matches taking place at? They are taking place at Mango's Beach Volleyball on Sherwood Forest Boulevard. So yeah. Um, so if you're in Baton Rouge, you can come check out Wade tonight. Uh, I hear he's wearing a speedo for tonight's match to bring yes. him some luck. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe he'll give a little extra extra inches in his vertical so he can start spiking the ball. And well, he doesn't I mean, know it yet, but our uh, one of our loyal listeners, Lyndon Braswell, will be coming to a game next week. He'll be in Baton Rouge for the LSU Career Fair uh, Monday night, so he'll have to come watch me play. That's there you go. We'll, we'll get Lyndon out there to give us his takes on uh, on the game and, and what Wade's, Wade's looking like out there. If he's just, like, p- blowing stuff off our butts, thinking that he's a good volleyball player. <laughs> I'm not he's a good volleyball player. He's, sit, he's sitting the bench. So. <laughs> but uh, we can go ahead and, uh, I guess, recap our little – Three team parlay we did. I don't think any of them hit. Tyler, you you remember the teams off the top no, of your head? Um, I believe Arkansas hit at six. I think. Yes. Yeah. So we, seven. yeah, we oh, had Arkansas. Yeah, by seven. We had Arkansas um, to cover. So. I think uh, obviously LSU didn't cover, not even win the game, and then uh, TCU. I knew I knew that I was back and forth on that one. Uh, Colorado is just not a good football team this year, and, and TCU with Sunny Dykes is, is looking like a threat in the Big Twelve. Yeah, so it's a uh, it was a rough one for uh, for week one sports for all of us picks. In betting. Yeah, it's I mean, hey, it's it's week one. We're trying to figure it out. We're we're new to the to the picks. So, but uh, we've got a week two parlay, and that's brought to you by RighteousFelon.com. Uh, head on over to RighteousFelon to get that that jerky fix. I've got some on the way. Uh, they've got all sorts of flavors. Uh, They've got some like Carolina ghost pepper flavor. I didn't. I oh, didn't don't order that mess one. with that, man. Oh yeah. goodness. <laughs> I didn't want. I figured I'd be like crying, have uh, need milk, you know, just sweat pouring out everywhere. So but I think I, I could some... do it though. I ate one raw before, so I might as well try the the beef jerky. It'd at least be complimentary. Yeah, I mean, hey, you're from Carolina, so it's only right. We'll have to send you a bag. But <laughs> if you use code OCSN Wade, you can get fifteen percent off that Carolina Reaper jerky. Right. So, but so. Uh, to kick it off for our week two parlay, we're taking USC at minus nine versus Stanford. Tyler, how do you feel about that? Uh, this is very confident. Usually Stanford, you know, pulls off an upset. We talked about on Coast to Coast a couple of hours ago uh, that Stanford last year beat an Oregon team uh, that really had some preseason uh, expectations last year. And then a couple of years ago, back when, you know, Pete Carroll was coaching USC, the same USC team was coming in here as the number two team in the country. Stanford was not a very good football team. Uh, that was whenever Jim Harbaugh uh, was there. But the way that USC look, uh, the offense of Caleb Williams and the newcomers of Jordan Addison, I think this is uh, easy cover. I think USC wins this one by ten. Just too much talent on both sides. Yeah, USC put up a lot of points last week. Uh, the one that I wasn't iffy, uh, that was a little iffy on, but I think Tyler, you convinced me, was Alabama covering at 20 and a half. And the spread might change as the week goes on, but I mean, Texas didn't look all that impressive. I mean, it's Alabama. They're, I fully expect them to come out swinging. Is, is it in Austin? Yeah, it's in Austin. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you can't really ever bet against Nick Saban and company in these type of games. Alabama usually always, you know, gives you your money back. Uh, Texas, I mean, they're getting all the hype that they're back and all, but we're going to find out this Saturday that Alabama is still the real deal with Bryce Young and then Texas and Quinn Ewers. I mean, I said the key of the game, if B. John Robinson can't get it going, then this is going to be a long day for Texas. And I think Alabama is going to win this one like 49 to 20. Yeah. And then the last one would be Florida with the five point spread over Kentucky. Um, Florida looked a lot better than I thought they would against Utah. They had that last second comeback. Um, it was a crazy game uh, with the Utah throwing an interception there in the end zone to uh, kind of to whittle their chances away. But what do you think uh, the Florida's going to cover? Didn't wasn't Kentucky's star running back suspended for the first game? Is he playing this week? Um, I think I he's think suspended he's, for two games. Yeah, he's suspended for the first two games. Uh, Kentucky's offense uh, didn't look that great against Miami of Ohio. They were uh, leading. I think they were leading at the half like 13 to 10. It was, it was a very close ball game for the first half. Uh, but I think Florida, the main concern is, is there going to be a letdown in this game? You know, high emotions coming off of the top 10 win. But I think that Kentucky's not the team that I thought they were going to be this year. I think that Florida and Tennessee are going to be the, uh, the teams battling out uh, for the number two spot in the SEC. So I think Florida is going to be a nine-win team. I think that their expectations really changed for me in just one game because Utah was a team that I was high on. 
Yeah, I mean, Utah came into the swamp break number seven, and Florida was mm-hmm. able to get it done. It was a little bit of a sloppy game, but hey, they got the win. That's yeah. all that, that matters. So, yeah, but this uh, this week's parlay is brought to you by Righteous Felon Jerky. Um, like I said, use code OCSN for 15% off your jerky needs. And if you get to Carolina Ghost Pepper, let us know uh, how it tastes, uh, if Wade can handle it. But I'm just going to go ahead and this, you know, we're going to go into college football, but I'm going to let Mr. Mr. Jacob have his moment with Penn State. We all picked Purdue to beat Penn State. Yeah, sorry, Penn bud. State, <laughs> Penn State proved us wrong. So, Jacob, go ahead. We're giving you we'll give you 30 seconds to break down. Hey, 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. No, give him a minute. <laughs> no, we'll give you a little longer. But, yeah, let it. What did you think of week one with Penn State? Um, well, they came out of the gate, and I thought that it was going to be more of the same old Penn State run the ball on first and second down, and then hopefully on third down get a first down. And for the majority of the first quarter, that's kind of how it was. Um, I think what's going to help Penn State get through the season is defense. Um, you have a lot of experience on the defensive side of the ball, Joey Porter Jr., uh, Joey Porter's son, who played for the Steelers, uh, is in the secondary there and had a big fumble recovery uh, to help help out there in the third quarter. So, I mean, it, uh, it's one of those things. It was a battle of two veteran six-year quarterbacks. Uh, I think Aiden O'Connell is the better quarterback than Sean Clifford uh, as far as skill goes and where he normally is on the field at the time he knows where he is. Um, but I think as far as weapons go all around, I think Penn State has the weapons as far as receivers and tight ends go. I heard a story uh, about they were talking on the broadcast about how they had visited with Penn State's uh, tight end room coordinator, and they kind of made the statement that this is the best tight end room they've seen in a very long time coming out of Penn State. And I said, that that's saying a lot. That does say a lot. They're a younger – considering Mike Kosicki was arguably the best tight end that Penn State's ever had um, and playing for Miami now. But it, it's crazy to think that that's what they think. I mean, you see Noah Kane transfer out, go back home to Louisiana. Uh, it was a big loss. And, I mean, you had Nick Singleton who's – the Gatorade player, I mean, rookie of the year to come out of college or come out of high school and be like that dominant back and was ranked number one uh, and had a decent, decent game. Uh, but I was surprised at how well the passing game worked in the second half. And man, was it a battle. It came all the way down to last possession and scored yeah. a touchdown with under two minutes to go. And I was thoroughly surprised. <laughs> yeah. Y'all eat that, uh, eat out a win there in the last minute. Um, our loyal listener, Matthew, was there. He was sitting in the suites. Uh, I don't know how he scored those tickets, but he told me when he when he goes to games, he's got to do it right. And he was uh, he was pretty impressed with Purdue Stadium, um, with the blackout that they did. And he sent me a picture of the student section. Uh, it spans about 60 yards from, like, middle of the end zone down to, like, the 40-yard line. So, I mean, it's uh, he said it was a loud electric, uh, electric area. And then when that – when uh, Purdue had that pick six, which we thought would seal the deal. He said he thought, I mean, the place was going nuts. Uh, but, you know, Penn State battled back and uh, got that win. So who do, who do they play next week, Fudge? Uh, next week they return home. They play Ohio. Um, Ohio looked pretty good week one. Uh, they got a win. Yeah. So uh, they uh, they look pretty good. So I, uh, I expect it to be a good game. I think Penn State being at home first game of the year, I think there's going to be a lot of buzz around it. Um, the thing I'm watching throughout the season is how long Sean Clifford stays the starting quarterback. He's battled injuries the last three years as a starter and hasn't played a whole season. Uh, I mean, you have a backup Drew Aller freshman coming in. They didn't redshirt him, which I was really surprised. Instead, they threw him in there as the backup and he had one drive there to start the third quarter against Purdue only because truth came out, Sean uh, Clifford had had some bathroom issues uh, before the start of the third quarter. So he had to go out there and start the drive. So he had to go get a change of pants there. He, yeah. uh, he, he was pulled a Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Look, Drew Aller looks good. I mean, he's six, six, he's almost six foot six. That's a big guy. 10 pounds. He's a big guy. So I expect, uh, I expect him to be the bright future that Penn state needs. 
in order to go deep into into the season. So it's all about how long Sean Clifford's durability holds on for, I think, for Penn State. Yeah, well, it's good to see your Nittany Lions getting a win in week one. A team that didn't get a win week one, we're going to just go ahead and rip the bandit off. <laughs> we our have LSU to Tigers. Up to it. Yeah, we, uh, there was a lot of hype coming into this game. Brian Kelly's first game. We're playing in New Orleans, playing in the Superdome. LSU rarely loses in New Orleans. Uh, you know, whole new team. The defense was supposed to be one of the top rushing defenses or run defenses in the country. You know, there was a big question mark with the offensive line. Uh, we definitely saw that last night, considering Jaden Daniels was running for his life. Uh, I want to get y'all's take on Jaden Daniels' quarterback play. I thought uh, he did a pretty good job, and he was kind of the reason why we we stayed in until the last second. I mean, if without him, I think he, he was 236 of the 297 uh, offensive yards he was responsible for, which another thing that's kind of sad is LSU had less than 300 offensive yards, uh, but it, it showed on the field, so – Wade, what's your – at LSU, Wade, what's your take on, on Jaden Daniels? Is he the QB going forward? I think he's got to be the guy uh, going forward, um, at least in the short term. I mean, I think that his dual threat capabilities were impressive. He improvised a lot. You know, sometimes maybe he ran right away or after a first read, but it's hard to complain when a guy's getting eight or nine yards on a rush, even on a busted play. So, overall, I don't think he was a – you know, I think he was a bright spot for our team, I guess, yeah. uh, to keep it positive. And I'm kind of pleased that we just stuck with him the whole game because I did think he gave us our best shot. Um, so maybe the quarterback competition wasn't as hard fought and close as we thought going into the season. Kind of seems like he was the guy all along. Uh, what I was disappointed in was our running back room. I mean, I don't know if we had 50 yards rushing as a team outside of Daniels. And that's over like three or four guys. I know that John Emery wasn't there, but, you know, as Jacob said, Noah Kane was a big departure from Penn State, seemingly coming to LSU to be the guy or be the goal line back. And he did punch one in for a touchdown, but, um, you know, I thought he was going to have three down back capabilities. I thought that we could have gotten some motion with Goodwin out of the backfield. Um, we missed a lot of blocks on, on what should have been passing downs that Daniels had to run. Uh, so it just kind of looks sloppy. I mean, honestly, it's kind of how the game should have finished. <laughs> yeah, it was just I, a sloppy game. It was just kind of destiny. I yeah, can't. That... Well, I can't. I can't blame LSU's like. I can't blame LSU's run capability too much in that game though, because Florida State's defensive line basically they were pretty good. <laughs> ran the show. I mean, yeah. they were. You know, we had no team. offensive line for them to run behind. If you think right. about it, so. I mean, I could blink and Daniels was getting chased by somebody on the defensive line. So, yeah. And I I mentioned it before the show how I wished he would have taken, you know, if his first guy was covered, I kind of noticed he would just tuck it and run. But y'all brought it to my attention. He didn't have enough time to look at another wide receiver. And I think a lot of those times, Keyshawn Butte wasn't his number one wide receiver. And that's why Butte was so frustrated because he wasn't getting the ball. But First, like the second play of the game, they throw a touchdown pass to him, which, yeah, I know it was a hard catch. It was a little underthrown. He drops that ball, and then the next possession, he gets basically hit in the back of the head with a football. I mean, doesn't even turn around to catch it. So, I mean, Tyler, what do you think? Uh, you think Butte sticks it out for the rest of the season or what the whole deleting his Instagram, deleting his Twitter, is he, is he done for and he's just going to leave the team? I have no idea what's going on in that man's head, to be honest with you. But going back to Jaden Daniels, I think he he was fine. I mean, he showed why, you know, he he wanted to transfer in. I think uh, we, uh, you know, us LSU fans understand now that why he got the job because his ability to, you know, escape from the pocket because our offensive line is straight up garbage this season. And I I said in in the recap and, you know, in the season preview that I did on Gridiron Heroics that this offensive line lost five offensive starters last year, you know, like like a guy like Austin Deculus, Ed, Ed Ingram, Liam Shanahan. And then you bring in, you know, like a true freshman, you know, Will Campbell. I know he's like a very good, you know, tackle, but he's a true freshman. This was, his, you know, Florida State's defense line. It's going to be very concerning because whenever you have to face, you know, the Alabama defensive line, the Texas A&M defensive line, the Arkansas, like whenever you get into SEC play and you can't even block Florida State defensive line, that's going to be a problem. I think – it's just going to be the same story for this LSU offensive line. I mean, it's just going to be growing pains throughout the season. And then 
the running game just couldn't get going because, I mean, Florida State's defensive line was in the backfield literally every down. And I think, like, we, you know, we saw guys like Jack Best, like, last year, like, get a lot of catches. I think he only had, like, one or two receptions the whole entire game. So that that's going to be a bit concerning once you get into SEC play as well. Yeah, I didn't – I'm not necessarily a huge fan of – how they switched Besh from a tight end to a wide receiver. I think he was a yeah. big mismatch as a tight end. And I mean, the tight end group for LSU is lacking at depth. I mean, we saw Mason Taylor, the true freshman that Brian Kelly has been raving on. But, I mean, you have Jack Mashburn, who's pretty much a, a blocking tight end, and then you have a former baseball player, Nick Stores, as your, as your third one. So I think that going forward, yeah, I think that I said it in my article that I wrote for the season preview. I wish they would listen to me sometimes of – you know, pushing a Jack Besh uh, to the starting tight end. I mean, you have guys like Jare Jenkins and Malik Neighbors. I mean, and then Kayshawn Butte if he sticks around. Uh, yeah. So that's like your starting three receiver. So I don't know. I mean, a lot of concerning on the defensive line as well as with the injury of Mason Smith. He's likely to be out the year. I think it's just a torn ACL the way that it looked. So that's going to be a big blow. And then Allie Gay, you're going to miss him for the first half of the of the Southern game for his targeting penalty. And the secondary, you just have to think, I mean, I was just thinking like, what is the secondary going to do? I mean, they did fine. Like Makai Gardner, like, yeah, he got burnt on that. Yeah, on that he got burnt big time. On that tackle the wide receiver. There's going to be some growing pains, but I don't know. My expectations uh, just, I don't know, went from eight win season to the possibly a seven win ceiling. But this team is, Right now, the way that they're looking is a five-win or six-win team. Yeah, I don't want to give up on them too too quickly. You know, first game under a new coach, new schemes. They just came out flat and never really got it started. Um, and the, uh, the, the saying rings true, special teams do matter. Kickers do matter, uh, as we saw last night, with, two, with a blocked field goal and a blocked extra point to, to force the game into overtime. The, uh, the blocking scheme on special teams was just non-existent. When you mentioned Mason Taylor, they got to teach that guy how to block. You'd think special teams block, you know, extra point uh, offensive line would be kind of ironed out in fall camp, which it should have been. But it just it, – that led to the, to the blocked ex, uh, extra point and shoot, it almost went in. I thought it was going to go in there for a second <laughs> with how hard that kicker kicked that field goal and – uh, it was just an all-around whirlwind of emotion. Uh, we were out watching it. I was watching it with Big Mike last night. We scored the touchdown on the last second. He throws me up in the air. We're high-fiving everybody, having a good time. And then it was just like a complete 180 to just silence at the bar we were at. Just complete, you could hear a pin drop. And uh, that, that bar cleared out pretty quickly after that. So, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. If you know anything about Brian Kelly and his time from being at Notre Dame, it's that Brian Kelly – never has really had an offensive mind he's he's a defensive minded coach yeah i mean so was so was at odron i mean they're the same way he was more of a defensive minded coach but they had offense and i just i mean the only person that followed brian kelly from notre dame was their special teams coordinator that was yeah, it and, uh, so, he might want to rethink that situation yeah in the in the thought was to me, being in that game is – I knew – well, I knew that LSU would not be the same team that they used to be. It's going to be different. I said, And I said – I know Tyler and I talked about it. I said, this team is not going to look like LSU football at all. Mm-hmm. It will not. I mean, it's, it's a change that people are going to have to get used to. And it's a guy who has no experience within that conference coming into a conference that he's not familiar with. He hasn't played against Florida State since 2000, what, 2011 in the national championship game against Florida State? Well, he actually played Florida State in last year's season opener when uh, Florida State took them to overtime last yeah. year. But he I mean, had that quote at the end of the game. Was like, I want to like, execute my team of how awful they played. <laughs> yeah. But here's the yeah. thing. In 2011, they lost that game on the last play of the game. They lost that. They they lost the game on the last play of the game on an offensive. They lost it, but they lost it whenever they showed up. I mean, they just absolutely look sloppy. I mean, I mean, I did like you saw the change in the offensive play calling. I mean, LSU's offense was different whenever they ran tempo. Like, if yeah, I, I don't understand State, why we didn't run tempo the whole time. Yeah, it threw off Florida State's defensive line. Like, they weren't able, you know, to get pressure because you know 
Jane Daniels was either running it or he was, you know, throwing quick throws to like Dre Jenkins or Brian Thomas. Yeah. I also think Brian Thomas was another uh, star in the making as well. But I mean, there's obviously like a couple of positives, but a lot of negatives with this team. But it, I mean, this is going to be a rebuilding year. LSU fans just have to have that expectation. I mean, it's not going to be like a 10 win or 11 win season. It's going to be a, a season like, like the last couple of years. Yeah, I think LSU fans as a whole need to kind of temper their expectations. We're never going to have 2019 again. It wasn't Coach O that led LSU to a national championship. It was Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You could have, like you said before the show, Tyler, you could have coached the team, and they still would have went undefeated. I mean. Uh, But you got to be careful because, you know, with NIL being out there now, and you go lose a game in New Orleans, which is our recruiting hotbed, I mean. It's not that hard for these guys to skip out on Baton Rouge anymore. I mean, oh yeah, I'm just saying we can't <laughs> we can't expect a 2019 season all of a sudden because we have a new coach. You know that that was a proven winner at Notre Dame. I get that, but I mean it's going to take some time, and I don't think they're ever going to get back to the level that say Joe Burrow played at. I think we can, we have the potential to be good, but I'm not expecting 15 and 0 next year. Yeah. I mean, obviously not this year, but. I think uh, as a fan base, they expect – I understand they expect greatness. You pay a guy $10 million a year, yeah, you want to win your week one game. Um, but I saw some stuff from fans threatening players. Like, that. honestly, just get out of here with that. If you're a fan of LSU football, you shouldn't take to Twitter to threaten these kids over a football game. I mean, they went out there. They tried their best. They played their best. They didn't get the win at the end of the, end of the day, so – I hate seeing when fans – I mean, and who knows, it might not even be LSU fans. It may just be trolls on Twitter. But I think that that was a big part of Malik Neighbors and Keishon Butte deleting all of their, their Twitters or Instagram. And I feel for Malik Neighbors. I mean, fumbling two punts like that. Uh, now, granted, I did see a stat that Florida State didn't score anything off the two fumbled punts. You know, it just ate away at clock and kind of took away the momentum. Yeah, that was a but, miracle. Yeah, I mean, the defense <laughs> stepped up for us there and forced a fumble in a big way. But – I think Malik Neighbors will bounce back and he'll he'll have a good season. Um, the last thing I'll mention uh, about LSU: these next two weeks for this season is going to be the biggest two weeks because they they have Southern, which they should win. But I mean, Southern's no slouch. They just put up eighty six points against Florida Memorial, which I haven't even heard of. But I mean, eighty six. Yeah. If you score eighty six points, it's eighty six. It's impressive. Points. Yeah, eighty six points. Uh, in college football but game. if uh, Mississippi State that first SEC game is going to really tell like how many wins this team can get if they win. It's probably seven wins, and if they don't, then I think it's going to just turn into a downward spiral because they, they do face, like, New Mexico the next week. But then, man, it like the October stretch of, like, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, I mean, right now the way that they're playing is 0-4 for me. But if they win against Mississippi State, then maybe that will change because, honestly, if they don't win those, then you could see a, a empty Tiger Stadium by the end of the, end yeah. of the season. Wade, Wade makes a good point uh, with the with the whole NIL thing in in New Orleans and in Baton Rouge and everything. I mean, being close to home, I haven't been around SEC football very long, but I've been around long enough to realize that if you're if you if you guys don't produce within two years, there's guys are going to jump ship. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna start losing recruits, players, everything. The SEC. Yeah, I mean, it's. They're gonna go where the money is. I mean, let's yeah. let's face it. It's bigger than SEC football. It's it's bigger than Pac-12 or you know whatever it may be. And these guys are gonna go where they can win games and where they can get good deals and put their name, image, and likeness out there. Of course. Yeah. So LSU needs to be very careful about how they approach this season and next season. Um, because I mean, some of your top recruits might leave and go somewhere else. And especially with Oklahoma and Texas coming into the picture soon. Yeah, uh, I definitely they they've got to win because these kids are gonna. I mean, it's life changing money. Obviously, they're gonna go where the money's at. But we won't spend too much time on LSU. We want I know we're LSU biased, uh, and we. I mean, we could spend hours just talking about how terrible the game was and just depress everybody. Uh, but I do have a question. Our first question that's. Uh, Brought to you by NorseBeards.com. If you want your beard looking nice and thick, 
You can head on over to norsebeards.com, enter promo code OCS for 25% off. Fletch is starting to regrow that stubble. He's getting there. Maybe we'll get him some beard Week one oil. win, so he gets to keep it growing. Yep. Yeah. You, you can't shave your beard until Penn State loses. How's that sound, okay. Fletch? Yeah, that was the deal Good last deal. week. Like, yeah, I was we'll talking and said it was going to be week one, so yeah. he'll have to wait. And we need a razor sponsor here for LSU. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to start shaving our beard every time LSU loses. But if you head on over to NorseBeards.com, use promo code OCS, you can get uh, 25% off your order. I use it. I've got some beard oil coming in the mail in a few days. We'll see how it goes. But first question I wanted to open up to our debate topics, because that's how we're going to start doing the show now. We've got all of our uh, major analysis you can find on uh, Southeastern Sports Talk with Wade and Tyler and College Football Coast to Coast with Jacob and Tyler. We'll kind of go more in-depth. We want to kind of keep this like first take, but better, since we don't have Stephen A. Smith. Um, first, first question I want to ask y'all playing big, big week one games, primetime games, Sunday night, you know, you got two power five teams going at it. Like this year was LSU and Florida state last year, for example, LSU and UCLA, uh, Florida state and UCLA both got to play a week zero game, you know, to kind of iron out everything where you got one team that's coming in first game, first real, uh, chance to prove what they've got. How do y'all feel about week zero? Do you think it should stay? Should they go ahead and just eliminate it and kind of level the playing field? Uh, I just want to see, Tyler, what's your take on week zero? Uh, I mean, I'm not really going to complain that that was solely the reason why that LSU won that game because, I mean, yeah, LSU could have played, you know, like gram- like scheduled a game like Grambling and like work out the king. So, you know, what, what you know, formation we have to do on special teams that way we don't get blocked uh, two times or, you know, how – can our offensive line do, you know, against a Grambling? Because, like, all I saw, like, all all week was all LSU fans were like, oh, this offensive line is trash with Florida State. Well, I don't even think Jordan Travis got sacked one time. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He had a lot like, of yeah, time. The past two years, uh, UCLA, I, don't, I forgot who they played week one, but uh, they absolutely demolished us in week one. I literally said, I'm going to temper my expectations because who knows what's going to happen, and boy – Good thing I wasn't like all like trash talking like I was last year about the season opener because I would have got flamed. Oh. But just the same old story this year. And then they're going to have to fl- play Florida State next year in, in Orlando. So I don't know if Florida State has a week zero game or not. I have to check their schedule. But um, I think that week zero, you know, it's fine. I mean, week zero this year is pretty boring outside of Northwestern, Nebraska. But I think tied into like the college football playoff expansion, week zero is going to eliminate itself out because you're going to have more games. So I don't think the NCAA is going to want like 18 games in a week. That's just too much. I think they're going to cut down on the regular season games, which I think they will have to anyways, but we'll get into that later. So Wade, what's your thoughts on week zero? Do you like it or go ahead and cut it out and just everybody start week one? Eh, I think it's kind of gimmicky. I'd rather just everyone start. Week one, uh, I guess it gives Florida State the opportunity to have a second bye week, um, which could be good for player safety if we're talking about a longer season. Um, you know, but I don't know if they'll really change the structure of the schedule that much with the playoff expansion because you're going to have every team except for 12 teams, you know, they're not going to be playing in the playoffs. So you're going to have to account for like 100 plus teams that are going to need that revenue and games. So um, I think you might see not necessarily like the current state of week zero. I think we'll see less of these kind of gimme games, uh, but you might see, you know, some more marquee matchups in a week zero type situation. And then a team gets a bye week before gearing up for another tough stretch. So I don't think we'll see these tune-up games. I think that's the word I was looking for. Um I think it kind of takes the luster out of a big time week one matchup if a team's had a tune-up game. So I think that we'll kind of see that cut out, but I think we'll see kind of a a week zero kind of situation where if you play a big game week zero or week one, whatever you want to call it, then maybe you get a bye week shortly thereafter to to get ready for the the rest of your season. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think if you've got one a big, you know, like a – primetime game if you've got one team playing a week zero i think that other team should also be playing that week zero because then it it set aside our allegiance to lsu any common fan watching that game last night that's a boring game to watch i mean you want to see two teams come out with a slugfest like penn state and purdue or notre dame and ohio state was a little slow but it was a good game to watch because they were on the same level 
I mean, it was just boring. It was slow football. I mean, our, our offense looks super slow and everything. But just as a common fan, you're like, well, this isn't fun to watch. I mean, Florida State looks great, and LSU is just sluggish. So, Fudge, what's your what's your thoughts on that? On um, zero? Yeah, I, I agree that uh, week zero should be done with. I think uh, everybody needs to be there on the same playing field. I mean, for, forget about the the coverage and whatever as far as well, you know, there's going to be too many games on week one. Well, who cares? And put the games that people want to see on coverage and the rest of the games put on your whatever platform. Streaming ESPN Plus, yeah. We already got to pay for ESPN Plus to watch them all. So, yeah, so I I don't understand. But, yeah, I feel like week zero, yes, I think it's gimmicky, and I don't don't like it. I'm not saying that's – a reason why some of these teams lose their week one games because somebody played a week zero game and they have experience and they've hit somebody. I, I I don't think that's the case. I think some teams are just more ready than others. I mean, that that clearly shows in week one. Yeah. Um, but I, I think going forward, I think week zero needs to be done with, especially, uh, especially with, with what's to come uh, in college football. Yeah. Uh, the next question I've got for y'all. We see a lot of teams like Michigan and Ole Miss, they're flip-flopping quarterbacks each week to try to figure out who they're going to start. Me personally, I think you stick with a guy and you let him play until he screws up. I don't like this whole, okay, you start week one, you start week two, you start week three. You build no chemistry with that QB. You know, the offense doesn't really kind of get going. It's always a your different scheme each time you go out there. So we'll start with Wade. What are your thoughts on flip-flopping QBs? Um, I think it can work at the college level for certain teams kind of as a momentum thing. But if I'm Michigan, there's no way I'm playing that game. I mean, you got playoff implications on the line. Um, I know they kind of did a two-quarterback system last year, and it did get them to the playoff, but I just wouldn't want to do that again. I I think that McCarthy probably is your guy, but it was kind of weird that they went with McNara week one, so maybe he's the guy after all. I don't know, but – I think if you're in that situation, you don't do it. I think sometimes it's good to have, you know, a mobile option down in the red zone, that sort of thing. But uh, like I said, during the LSU coverage, I was really pleased to see LSU who really is amongst all teams that has quarterback controversy coming into the year. I mean, they're right up there with anybody. So uh, you kind of saw how uh, sticking with Daniels paid off because at the end of the game, he led you on a 99 yard drive. Right. Showed that he could air it out as well. So I, I'm kind of in favor of sticking with a guy unless you know that you need that change of pace. Uh, certainly if you're in playoff contention, I think you really got to stick with your guy. Um, but, you know, to each their own. Some teams it works out. What do you think about it, Jacob? Um, I'm fine with it. I, I think it's all right at this stage of the ball game. I mean, you don't play anybody for the first three weeks, so – do whatever the heck you want at that point. I mean, if you're if you're Michigan, whatever. I mean, I, I don't I don't feel like you should be making your decision based off of you playing a cupcake for the first two weeks. Uh, just doesn't make any sense to me. But um, the only problem I would find with it is that if something happens, it is football. Uh, so let's say that you know Michigan has their backup start this next game. And he mysteriously gets hurt, gets tackled or something. All of a sudden, your you know your backup, your backup is hurt, and you have one quarterback. That's yeah. a very good point. You know, I mean that that You're really playing a risky is, game there. Yeah, you are playing a very risky game at that point. Uh, it depends on certain situations. I think um, if you go to the NFL level, I mean the Saints did it with Taysom Hill and and. Jameis Winston, where they kind of ran a, a couple of different sets. Penn State, well, I think that's a little different because that's like a, a dual threat action based right. on the play that's call. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, well, if you want to use both quarterbacks like that, I get it. But starting week to week, that's a dangerous – you're playing with fire there, I think. Yeah, yeah that's I a good point about the backup. Yeah, I don't like it because, like you said, you're playing with fire for one and then the team builds no chemistry. How uh, many times – how many times in college football have we seen a backup finish the season because a starter gets hurt? Well, right, exactly. You know? What do you think, Tyler? I mean, Michigan can afford to do it with just the three teams that they play with Colorado State, yeah. Hawaii, and UConn. And if they're basing off of who does better, then it's going to be J.J. McCarthy because Hawaii is 
not very good. They gave up 63 points to Hawaii, I mean, to Vanderbilt in week one, and then they got blown out by Western Kentucky uh, 49 to 17. So, I mean, Michigan's probably going to put up 60 points, let's be honest with you. Uh, so, it's going to be J.J. McCarthy if they're going to just base it off of those two games itself. So, I think it – I mean, McCarthy is a better quarterback. McNamara obviously has experience playing in the big games of last year with Ohio State in, in the playoff game. But McCarthy is definitely going to be the guy uh, for Michigan to have the better chance. Uh, what did you oh, think he had for? Futch doesn't like that. He thinks right. the other quarterback. You wait on October 15th. <laughs> What, Fudge? What do you think about McCarthy? You don't like him? Um, no, I think he's too young. I think McNamara has the experience. Um, well, freshman quarterbacks seem to be the, the the new thing in college football now. Well, yeah, well, Michigan has always gone the other direction with that. I mean, let's think about it. The last guy, <laughs> the last guy to ever do something like that was Tom Brady, and you see where he is now. I just, I don't, I don't expect. I don't expect Michigan to go. Michigan to go with a younger guy instead of McNamara. I think Jim Harbaugh knows what he's doing at this stage of the game. He's going to start McNamara. I, I, there's no way he starts JJ McCarthy. I think he has to be the backup. Uh, he needs a little bit more time. I think. Yes, he played well when they played for the Big Ten championship and everything. I, I get it, but I think he's going to go. He's got to go with McNamara. I just, there's no way he goes with somebody like JJ McCarthy. You're wasting talent at that point. Yeah, well, and he's uh, kind of on there of a hot seat. His, his khakis are getting a little crispy uh, if they don't win now. So, not necessarily. Well, I mean, I mean he's been there for a while and they, he hasn't really done anything. He made the playoffs last year, but he got yeah. blown out in the first Hey, game. you get another year if you beat Ohio State. <laughs> Here's the problem Michigan looks at it from a money standpoint. Who's going to bring them a Jordan deal? Nobody else is going to bring a Jordan deal except for Jim Harbaugh. Let's think about it. I mean, he has the connections. So there is big money being made there. And Michigan is not going to turn a chance down for big money. It's never going to happen. And I don't necessarily think he's a bad coach. I just think he's they've reached their potential. I mean, last year looked great. But mm, that was I what the first down time? Michigan a little. Yeah, I think Michigan's a playoff year. team. I just you think they're a playoff team this year. I don't want them messing with two quarterbacks. You're a playoff team. Yeah, don't, uh, don't do that. But. Michigan is one. I mean, Michigan was one step away from not making the playoff. I mean, that's the thing about it. They were on the fence for quite a while. I will agree with you on that point. But I mean. That's the thing about the Big Ten. One or two games really swings you in or out. I mean, you're yeah. either done or you're going. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, it's Ohio State and Penn State. Those are your other two teams. I mean, yeah. Tyler and I talked about how Iowa is a non-factor now because yeah. let's, a let's three, talk about score seven, seven points. points you're good. Seven points without scoring even a touchdown. They had a Can field I goal change my West pick to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, we might be re- re- changing all of our picks for the conference. Wisconsin, Ohio State. Yeah, I might. Uh, I'm definitely rethinking Northwestern, my baby. Come on, Northwestern. My <laughs> pick of uh, LSU making it to the playoffs. I think I was just thrilled, ready for football season to start. I, hey, I was yeah, you can hopefully not back that. Team is out too with no, Utah unless they go undefeated the rest yeah. of the way. So speaking of the playoffs, this week we had some news break, uh, and actually Ross Dellinger talked about it on our show and kind of alluded to it, the college football playoff committee has voted to expand to 12 teams by 2026. There's a chance it could happen in the 2024 season. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on what has to happen for it to happen early. Uh, But from what I read online, it looks like it's uh, 12 teams. The first four teams get a bye. um, And there's a quarterfinals, semifinals, and obviously your championship and your quarterfinals – Correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler. It's played at your home stadium. Well, uh, the yeah, I think the the five. So pretty much, let's say if you're the five seed and you're playing the twelve seed, the five seed will host at the campus game, which I love. I've been saying this for yeah, Tyler. How many years? Big. I mean, I've been literally proposing the same dang college football playoff. I literally did this like in one of my classes for graduate. Hey, school. maybe somebody got a hold of that article and uh, they're not giving yeah. you credit. Just like we, my scheduling idea, man. Yeah. Just like we we might need to go after the college football playoff committee for not crediting Tyler. <laughs> yes, but I think it's a, it's a good thing for college football. If you think it's, it's bad for it, then you can just GTFO. So, I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeez. From the, they, uh, well, from the so, catwalk. Let's break it down. You got your 
six, uh, or is it your? What are the, the it's your uh, top six uh, conference champions, which it should right. be. I mean, yeah, conference I champions. I like how they matter. didn't assign Power Five labels or anything because the sport's ever evolving. You know, like if yeah. the Americans better than the Pac-12. Yeah, we saw Cincinnati last year. So I mean, you got your your six top conference champions, and then the next six teams are yeah, they're six selected. Yeah, so so we're going to see more like ten and two teams now getting yeah. to the playoffs now. And I think I think uh, I was unsure on eight or twelve, but the fact that you're giving the first four teams a buy, I like that. It's then yeah. really you got eight teams, and then <laughs> really what yeah. I've been saying. <laughs> yeah. Now they talked about and you're all like, oh, that's a bad idea. <laughs> well, I like the I do especially Jacob. I know he was like he. I'm gonna go after him right now. He went after me for years. Like I don't think that they should host a campus game, and now he says on the coast to coast show that's all of a great idea. No, we didn't talk about campus games being being hosted. Well, what's your take on the campus games? I've been saying that. I've been saying that for years. My thought was, I'm I don't have anything against the campus games. That's fine. Um, What Mm. I was against, I mean, what I'm, I was more for it because you have so many more neutral site like. Everybody wants to play a neutral site game for the start of the season. Save the friggin' neutral site games for the end of the season. I mean, yeah, we, yeah I like that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. agree. I mean, if you're gonna do like a true home and home, play it like at yeah, yeah, play at your stadium. Yeah. yeah, yeah, play at your own home state. I'm sick of you know, like look look at Georgia for case. Why didn't you just yeah. play it at Athens? Because like Chick Fil A paid for that game. Allstate well, paid for LSU. It was game. the most boring game On ever. The Ford in December. So well, but, it costs a lot more in December. I mean, if you're gonna put that like an Oregon, Georgia neutral site, like put that thing in Dallas or something. Tyler and I talked about like this as a whole, you know, on coast to coast, and how I think you know you're not gonna have a gap anymore after you have your conference championship games to your bowl season. You're yeah. gonna be playing football basically around the clock. Somebody's gonna be playing. Um I think for the Northeast teams, you have a huge advantage if you are hosting. Oh, for sure, because you're playing game. in the elements there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like Michigan playing a home game, uh, snowing. I mean, if they're playing against uh, – LSU, for example. Yeah. You know, in the South, the LSU boys have never seen snow. Yeah. So, like, what do we do? You know, and the, and the football is like a – the football is like a boulder. It's hard as a rock. So, I mean, you know – it. I mean, anything can happen at that point. So, I mean, I think in that sense, those teams have the advantage. Um, I, I I like it. I enjoy it. I think I mentioned that Tyler said my hot take with this whole thing. If they really wanted to shake it up now, this is what you do. You've got 11 guys on – or people, sorry, 11 people on that committee, that college football playoff committee that sit in that lovely room and say, ooh, well, you know, it's a secret – it's a secret meeting and every – all 11 people – all 11 people have to agree on it, right? All 11 people have to agree. It has to be unanimous. You can't say, oh, well, 10 of us agree, so there yeah. it is. You know, and It's tabled at that point if one person disagrees. So I think at that point, you go scorched earth with the people on the committee now. because Yeah, bring in some new people. All the Mississippi people State's on the, all president the people. is on the committee. Mississippi all State had been close to a playoff game in years. All There's the no real opinion to be making decisions. Oh. All the people on the committee have ties to universities. Every person on the committee. So this is what should happen. I think they need to get rid of it. You go like, you know how we apply for master's tickets and we go on there and say, you should apply to be on the committee. Apply to be on the committee. It's a lottery. You cut it off at the first, however, I don't know, however many people decide they want to, you know, be a part of it. And you basically do a lottery. Here's the deadline. Do a lottery. You pick eleven people to represent it for that year. Those eleven people make the decision. They might be a fan of another team, but at the end of the day, Wait, everybody. So are you saying eleven random people, like fans, can get yes, on this? Yes, I'm talking eleven. Oh, okay, people. that's oh, interesting. Get some fans yeah. on the committee. Yes. Man, saying, even... Here's what are the chances? You know, I mean, somebody might be a fan of friggin'. Western Kentucky, and, you know, I mean, they have no chance. I mean, that's the part of it. Nobody has ties. There's no money being involved. I mean, I hate to say it, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of money involved in those meetings too. Yeah. I mean, they're like, oh, well, you know, I might want to play this person next year because we're going to get – we're going to 
get three million dollars. This sponsorship from so and so, and get rid of it all. That way, every everybody has an even slate. It's clean, and you just start with people making a decision, coming together. These are the best teams in the country based on who they've played. We have the AP poll ranking, and they're football fans, and they figure it out, and that's it. I I just don't want people that are tied to different universities to be a part of something. To, to be a part of it, they're already a part of it. I mean, you're you're already getting paid all this money to be the athletic director yeah. for Mississippi State. Why do you need to be involved in something bigger than that? So what I'm hearing is you're for the expansion. Sure. But you hate the committee. You think it should yes. be a random Joe Blows off the street that enter a lottery yes. and let them yes. make a decision. I like it. I like Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I don't Wait, know if I want the fans behind that, but all right. Well, maybe like the sports writers, kind of similar to how you they trust, do the Heisman you tell me, on. You mean to tell me that you trust the athletic directors from – I would trust the four of us more than what they got right now. <laughs> maybe it should be And, what are, should be and what are we? Media. And Tyler, what are we? What are the four of us? We're I don't know. What are we? Much. We're not fans. We're sports media. But I'll, I'll add one more thing about this playoff. I think it's going to help with the op, player opt-outs as well because, you know, it all started with Christian McCaffrey opting out for the Rose Bowl. And so now you get more meaningful. Well, now you get more – yeah, he's also opted out for the last <laughs> two seasons as well. But uh, um, but I think you're going to have more meaningful games. And, you know, whatever team, you know, make the playoff, ain't nobody's going to be opting out because you have a shot oh, to win no. the Natty, and that's what you go to college for. Yeah, well, that's what's great. You got the number twelve seed has it. No, they might not have a yeah. great chance like they do in March Madness, upsetting a team. Oh yeah, you can be but like the same. You Peters. have a chance. Yeah, you have a chance to make it to the, to yep. the national championship. I don't think the expansion will really help with that. I think that that's a purely a coaching thing and a program thing. You're not going to have guys opt out on Nick Saban, but you're going to have guys opt out from other programs because when they get recruited, but you're in the playoff. You're they're told they can do that. Ah, okay. Why does it matter? If That's a player like opted out when I'm in, like, in a playoff, like, I would just say, give me your scholarship, get out. They don't care. You are well, it doesn't matter about the scholarship. They're guaranteed in IO money. You you are, see, this is why. You are going to opt out. There is no way that you're going to – you're going to play against a team that is way better than you. These guys are going to opt out. If your they program are. either cares about that or they don't. I mean – right. Like, Well, I like what you said. It, I mean, Nick Saban, name a time he's had anybody opt out. So I mean, it's it comes down to a program. I mean, these coaches need to just step up at some point. So you can't well, just be like, oh well. And it's gonna it's now with NIL playing such a big factor into it, they're gonna have to change the rules of you have to play the full season. You know what? As long as I get you know the new college football game, NIL can keep going. That's all I really care about. This <laughs> I'm not saying I disagree with NIL. I just think that I, think I mean NIL that, is great, but I'm just you know the well, culture of these, you know, college football players not wanting to play for a university and wanting to, you know, that's get their fairness. money is is BS to me. That's well, where it hits. And I don't think <laughs> making the game more appealing or not is going to matter. I mean, you're talking about a guy like Keishon Boutte maybe leaving the team after a game. Like, yeah, after having a bad You would never see that. And guess what? He wouldn't get rewarded seven years ago. But he'll exactly. still be a first or a second round pick no matter what he chooses to do. Well, you got guys like Miles Brennan leaving the team, but he still pockets all that money from NIL. So I think it's going to have to be changed to be Something based needs on to be performance. Done. You got to have, they're going to have to sign a contract. You got to play the game. Whether you transfer after the year, great. But if you play the 12 games you sign on for, that's when you get the money. It's like the NFL. If you don't play the games, I mean, if you get hurt, that's one thing. But if you, if you hold out of a game, you don't get paid. You know, you don't but get your game check. The difference is in the NFL. If you hold out and you don't play, the league views you as a quitter, and they, the GMs dislike you, and then you don't have a job. But in college, yeah, in football, college it's like well, to this they like adore you. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. you're my hero. NIL seems like a like a a poor man's signing bonus in college football. That's what it's pretty seems much what like. it is because it's it's fully guaranteed money, not based on any sort of performance. We can we can open a can of worms on NIL. We might have to shave that for another show uh, have that as one of our topics. But what I'm hearing is we're all for the college football expansion. I I like the expansion. It's I don't think it needs to go to 16 teams. I feel like that's a lot. 64. Um, yeah. You, go, you know what? Scratch the regular season. Playoffs start now. the whole season of playoff. Full yeah. yeah, I, I like the 12. I like Let's the Madness light. Not the whole at home. The uh, – the, Number, the first four teams getting a bye, then number like five through nine gets a home game, and then the semifinals are in a uh, neutral site, and then obviously the championship should not be a home game. It's a neutral <laughs> site. It's a championship. Yeah, um, and that's another thing. 
that's something that ticks me off, even when it's like March Madness. So there is no reason why Georgia should be playing their semifinal game in Atlanta. Send them all the way across the country. My problem is, is that ah. everybody's everybody's so like you. But if you're the number one seed. overall seed, I mean, you'd go you all that it. way to go undefeated. You have well, to have some advantage. It's I a neutral think... site game. It's supposed to be a neutral site game. So take them. I mean, take let's them. Be real. Neutral. Were we complaining that LSU played New Orleans? Uh, for oh, so that's different. <laughs> they won their playoff game and. There's, there was no guarantee that they were playing in New Orleans. I mean, that was just the championship game was in New Orleans that year. I get that. Now, well, the thing with the with the playoff games, I think they do it right. At they send them. Well, they give like them LSU a pick. Played, like, where, they give Aaron? the number one seed like where they want to pick. Like, say it's like the Sugar Bowl Rose Bowl. Alabama is going to pick the Sugar Bowl since more right. of their fans will travel yeah, I, there. I think it's not I, necessarily no. Tuscaloosa. I, see, this is but. where I disagree with you on that because you got to give you know it's the number one overall seed. You got to give them you know some advantage. They have they the earn, they, well, they they have earned that advantage. Yeah, but okay. they have a well, buy, might, and then they're going to play a team who's much less competitive than they are in the semifinal game. My problem is, is I that think they do it just fine. Teams, all these teams. If we, hey, if you hate about it, just go back to the BCS of all things. And no, we, we don't UCLA. need to go back to the BCS. You like the BCS more, bud? USC uh, and UCLA are moving to the Big Ten. They're going to be traveling all the way across the country for regular season games. So you can't tell me these guys can't pack it up and take it to freaking Texas and play in Texas versus somebody from California. That is well, more neutral than anything. Well, I think with them getting the bye, they may change the rules on that. I don't think it's been decided, but – that's a lot on college football playoff. We've been doing the show for an hour. I have one more topic I want to touch on, and that's Mr. Albert Pujols is at 695 home runs. He's marching to 700. Wade thinks it's a conspiracy theory. He thinks it's staged. <laughs> Wade the, read a conspiracy theory. I'm well, still – Wait, I'm going with <laughs> Wade thinks it's a conspiracy happen. theory. And after explaining it, explain the, the theory to us, Wade. I saw, a, you know, kind of a, a page like ours, you know, just an opinionated column. Um, saying it's just kind of suspicious that Albert Pultz limped his way off the Angels, kind of got signed by the Dodgers as a feel-good story, and then even more of a feel-good story this year, re-signing with St. Louis. But he's 42. You know, he had like four home runs at the All-Star break. MLB knew it was his final run, so they put him in the uh, home run derby. He made it to the final. Like, he, you know, he actually put on quite a big show, uh, there and then all of a sudden he's hit like I don't know uh 12 home runs in the second half of this season he is getting a little bit more playing time they are playing him almost exclusively against left-handed pitching um so he's resting in situations where he wouldn't be hitting well anyways um but yeah it's just kind of weird that like out of nowhere this guy's on the verge of a 20 home run season as he's closing in on seven home 700 home runs do you think it's purely a momentum thing an adrenaline rush for the old guy, or do you think that it's a little bit staged where pitchers are grooving him fastballs? He might be taking some sort of, I don't know, some I think supplement. It's <laughs> oh, what well, he may be taking some pee. I don't know. If they're gonna, I don't think he's taking anything, but I think it's staged. Um, but only when it's like obviously the pitcher's going to try to get him out. But if it's a late in the game, maybe they're already won the game, or the Cardinals are dominating them. I think they throw him a meatball, and because it's Albert Pujols. I mean, he's one of the game's all-time greats. You want to see him get to that 700 mark. That makes him what the – I think if he if he gets to 696, he passes A-Rod yes. or his tie A-Rod. One, one more to tie A-Rod, two more to defeat A-Rod. Yeah, and then if he hits 700, that makes him like number four on the list. I think so. Yeah. So. Um, but do you think it's coming from a league level, like they're being told to, or do you think it's like a player, like unspoken rule? Or I think it's, I think it's an unspoken rule. I think okay. baseball is well, not really rigged. Rules. It's just kind of like a gift. I don't think. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's. I mean, I think, here's I think thing. that's just a bunch of hoopla. Do you think that? <laughs> I mean, honestly, do you think Jacob Degrom is going to hurt his ERA by giving Albert Pujols a freaking? Okay, I'm not saying like starting pitchers. I'm talking late in the games if the games are yeah, like over. Really game I get it. Or I throw mean, him a meatball, like, hey man, it's Albert. Then Pujols. again, I think you just like explaining St. Louis is getting a little momentum. Then it's then again, it's baseball. I mean, sure you can throw one down the middle, but he's still going to hit it. And how old is Albert? I mean, let's he's 42. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's he's, he's be, not exactly a young buck. He's going to be dominating the beer league softball leagues come next year. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that. I, 
I like Albert Pool. It's not, it's hard for me to buy into the theory that's rigged, but I do think it's kind of suspicious in the timing that he literally looked done in LA, and now he's like honestly, if he's not ready to retire, I would sign him back as the DH next year. I mean, he's yeah, he's probably a top. I, I mean, I know there's only 15 teams in the NL, but the NL teams are still kind of getting used to the DH thing, right? But I would say he's a top 10 DH in the NL. So I mean that's enough to get him a job again in St. Louis. Um, I don't know. I just think it's, it's weird that he's on, on the pace that he is uh, for sure. Is it a mental thing though? Like, here's my thing. He's going, he went back to the team that gave him his first chance in the first place. I mean, this is yeah. the team that signed him and gave him the opportunity. He went to LA is, was there a lot of pressure being in LA? Oh, absolutely. And then coming back, the pressure is off of him. He's just out there. I, I can look at him and tell him. I can see that he's, he's more relaxed. He's back at home. He's, he's having more fun. Yeah. And, Does and I that think that helps it? you physically too, you know. You, your mind's at ease. You're not right. tense. No, I, I, I mean, I, I really like the guy. Close, so he's trying to hit a home run every time he steps Yeah, out. it's kind of like that phenomenon. Like, you know, you have like going back to school days, you had two weeks to get something done. And then you wait until like the Sunday before. You just rock and you're it. Able to roll. crank it out, you know. Procrastination. Yeah. Let's go. He sees the deadline, you know. What are What are the Cardinals? Where are they at in like playoff race? They're, they're winning run. their division. Yeah, so I mean, he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna roll up here. I'm just gonna start cranking bombs. We've got yeah. the division in first place. Might as well. I have I mean, a future I'd, bet on them to win the World Series, so I'm here for it. I'd like to see him to hit that 600 mark, or I'm sorry, 700 mark. Just it's a feel good story. It's Albert Pujols. We all grew up watching him. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I think, think he's going to end up at 699. Yeah, that's going to suck. Yeah, and then he's just going to torch the playoffs, just hitting home runs every well, game. He's already continue, there if you count Does it never continue in the playoffs? Because if it no, is, it's a lot. It doesn't. Regular, regular season. He's already there career-wise if you include the playoffs. I have it's, a, gonna, it's going to happen. You have a moment to do it. I have a, a interesting theory. I think I was there when he hit his last home run before going to the majors. I was at the game. So minor league out tools. Yes. Um, the Redbirds. So, long time ago. Um, but I feel like I should be there when he like hits seven hundred. Let's, let's get you to the game. You know, I need to be in St. You're Louis. You're gonna move to St. Louis for the remainder of the season. No, it's <laughs> gonna yeah, be like one of the road games where they're like in San Francisco and he's Look, gonna travel all that way. Our network has got a very large presence in the Philadelphia area. That's a lot closer to St. Louis than Mississippi is, so Let's see if uh, maybe somebody knows somebody and has some tickets. They can they can reach out and get Fletch. Somebody hook me up with some tickets so I can yeah. see seven hundred. <laughs> I mean, we need we need Fletch at the game. You saw the first one. We need him to see seven hundred. It's, it's only right. But hey, Home Depot, if you're listening, give the man the weekend off. Let him go to the game. Maybe sponsor him to go to the game. Who knows? Yeah, I got a couple of Saturdays off upcoming, so maybe I should uh, forego it, forego the college football and head up for yeah. some baseball. Hey, college football will always be around. Go ahead. Take a trip up to St. Louis. Try to plan it out right. Hey, reach out to Albert Pujols. Tell him to hold off on 700. So hey, Albert out. Pujols might be around forever. He might be the Moses of baseball. I mean, that's the way we're going. Yeah. Well, that pretty much wraps up all of our topics for this week. Um, you know, we've got week two kicking off. Uh, if you want more in-depth analysis on week one and week two, check out College Football Coast to Coast, hosted by Tyler and Jacob, and then uh, we have a comment from my dad actually asking, why are we talking about Michigan? I want to hear about the SEC. Well, dad, if you want to hear about the SEC, tomorrow, tune Phil, in tomorrow, tomorrow night to Tyler and Wade's show, Southeast Sports Talk, where they break down every SEC game um, and the games going forward. We're, we're treating Sports Scramble going forward now as like a debate show, like I mentioned at the beginning. So send in your questions, send in your hot takes. Um, reach, out, reach out to us on Twitter at Sports Scramble 4. Let us know uh, what, what questions you want answered. Um, and, of course, like I mentioned before the show, we're now sponsored by Buffalo Bayou Brewery. Uh, if you leave us a review on iTunes, we'll, uh, in a few weeks we'll, we'll select one lucky reviewee and we'll send them a shirt once, we, uh, once we're able to get that ironed out. So, uh, And, you know, hopefully sometime during the season or on World Series time, we'll be able to do a live show here in Houston and we can have all of our local fans come out and support us uh, Enjoy good food, good beer, um, and good views of the city. I don't know if y'all saw the picture I posted. Uh, the backdrop at Very Buffalo cool. Bayou is is unmatched. That was one of the reasons I was like, we got to get these guys. They, they know how to do it. They do it right. So, uh, but yeah, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, 
like I said, you can check out uh, us. Check us out on Twitter, Sports Scramble 4. Um, subscribe to our podcast. We're live streaming right now to YouTube, Twitter, everywhere you can find a podcast. We'll eventually start it up on Facebook. I just haven't gotten around to making the Facebook page. So um, I got to go cut my grass and finally stop raining here in Houston. So I need to get it done. Uh, but we hope everybody has a good Labor Day and uh, we'll see y'all next week. What's up, everyone? Let me tell you about a company called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.